When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The 2019 Wolverines have taken the field. Our 2019 season has begun as well. Stay tuned as we have a lot to get to here on In the Trenches. Let's go In the Trenches with John Jansen. The former Wolverines captain and Michigan Sports Hall of Famer will take you inside the locker room with players and coaches. It's not about me. It's about the team. We've got to make the necessary preparations mentally, physically, and emotionally. I think the kids have bought in. We're going to be good, I guarantee it. Once again, here's John Jansen. Welcome back to In the Trenches. As I mentioned, we have a lot to get to. We've got the two coordinators, Josh Gaddis, Don Brown, When you're done listening, make sure you rate, like, subscribe to the In the Trenches podcast. That'll help us out a great deal. The other voice that you love to hear when it comes to Michigan football, no, it's not Jim Brandstatter, Dan Deardorff, or Doug Karsh. It is Brian Bush. And Brian... You've had yourself a hell of an offseason with your travels in baseball, taking over some duties with the Michigan basketball team. How excited are you about Michigan football? I can't wait, John. I will tell you this. I'm really proud that we've done more than 50 episodes, and I think I've gotten you to stretch away from football maybe 5% of the time for some of those other things. So I take that as a point of pride, but I have a strange feeling we're going to stay pretty locked in on football here in the near future and we've got some really good stuff coming up for you had a little bit of gap between the first episode of this season two and this one we'll make it up to you we've got this one we'll have phil Steele, who's very high on michigan coming up monday then we'll get back into the rhythm of a thursday release next week with some player interviews before getting into that every wednesday mode and john i know you're excited to talk with 
Josh Gaddis, Don Brown, some of these players, and, and Phil Steele, too, a guy who's very high on Michigan this season. He is. Uh, he's got Michigan ranked as his number three team overall. Uh, there are a lot of polls out there uh, that have Michigan, obviously, in the top ten. Uh, Phil's is, is the highest I've seen. So we'll get a chance to talk to him about what his expectations are for this Michigan team and why he thinks they're the number three team in the country to start this football season. One other note for fans, just from a logistics perspective, we're going to start releasing these earlier in the day so you can get them on your morning commute. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to listen to In the Trenches again. As John mentioned, rate, subscribe, download the podcast. It helps us immensely, and it it keeps pushing those numbers up. John, we'll get into this week's 7 from 77 shortly, uh, but first, give fans a little bit of a teaser. You talk to both coordinators. Josh Gaddis, Don Brown, your takeaways from those conversations. Uh, I'm my takeaway is that I'm even more excited than when I talked. I had originally talked to him because when you listen to Josh Gaddis and he talks about the weapons that he has all across the field, whether it's wide receiver, tight end, running back, offensive line, quarterback. This is as deep of a team as we've seen in a number of years at Michigan. And with the ability, which he talks about in speed and space, to get the playmakers the ball where they can do something with, spread the ball around. We've got so many guys. Uh, and put those defenses in, in very uncomfortable situations. And he's got no better defense to work against than the one he sees every day at practice. And that's Don Brown's defense. When I talk to Don... He is very excited about the the players and the speed. We talked last year about this is the fastest defense that that Don Brown has ever ever had. And this year he thinks it's even faster. I asked him to start off the conversation why he thinks this is the the fastest defense. Where does he see the increased speed? Stay tuned because you'll get a listen to both coordinators, Josh Gaddis and Don Brown, coming up in just a few minutes. Yeah, we will indeed have both those guys with John. First up, though, We do this pretty much every week, 7 from 77. For our new listeners, seven questions about the latest in Michigan football from our big number 77, John Jansen. And, John, first off, camp is here. Just your initial observations as camp gets going on this 2019 Michigan Wolverines. Well, it's my. I've got two, and the first one is the same thing that we see every year. These guys are coming out; they're excited. These practices are high energy. They're fast. The the guys are running around the field. They're running to the football. They're getting open. They're scoring touchdowns. It's the the speed at at which they're operating on both sides of the ball is exciting. But that's something we see every year. So I don't get all too fired up about it. But what I am seeing is the progression that these guys have made and. Um, uh, both coaches talk about this in when, when we get a chance to talk to J- Josh Gaddis and Don Brown. The jump from the end of spring football to the start of fall camp. The players, whether it was seven-on-seven, seven, whether it was O-line drills, D-line drills, guys have bought into the fact that they have to continue to improve. There's no days off anymore in college football. There's no there's no opportunity to, to lay back and sit down and say, hey, this is what we've done, and this is what I'm going to do when I get back there. No, they they put the time, the effort in the offseason. So the jump from the end of spring ball to what I'm seeing now in what the offense is doing, how they're communicating, uh, the way the offensive line is operating, the communication between uh, Shea Patterson, Dylan McCaffrey, the quarterbacks, and you know the, the offensive line, the communication with the wide receivers. Um, 
has taken a gigantic step forward. And then on defense, it's the same thing. When you play in a Don Brown defense, there are so many different components where, um, and we talk about Josh Uche, how he's a defensive end or he's a linebacker or, um, you know, uh, Glasgow, where is he going to play? Is he a defensive back? Is he a linebacker um, rushing the passer? There are so many components and so many guys that Don will use in different situations at different you know, different positions that they have to continually study and figure out, okay, when I'm playing linebacker, this is what I do. When I'm playing defensive line, this is what I do. When I'm in the secondary, this is what I do. And that knowledge uh, of, of just being able to communicate with the personnel that is on the field has been a tremendous jump. Number two on today's 7 from 77, you discuss the evolution from spring practice until now, the early stages of camp. How about from now until August 31st when Middle Tennessee comes to town? What do these weeks allow players to do in that improvement side? And how does this differ from your your typical game week type of a look in practice? Well, it, it differs from the game week because you're not preparing for one specific team. Right now, especially early on in camp, you're preparing for the football season. You're continuing the install on offense. You're continuing the install on defense. And it's a little bit different for guys that have been here for you know a, a week or guys that have been here for two or three years. So the young guys, they're still finding their way. They're still making sure they're on time. They're still making sure they're dressed the right way when they go out to practice, that they've got all the things that they need. Um, and once they do that, then it's a matter of, of – you know, understanding the tempo of practice. Sometimes it's it's full go. Sometimes it's it's a walkthrough. Sometimes there's a middle ground, and you've got to figure that out as a young guy to make sure you're you're practicing at the right tempo. You're doing the right things. You're in the playbook. For the older guys, it's a matter of perfecting their techniques and and mastering their craft. When you get to a point where you understand what your coach is asking you to do. You understand the playbook. Now it's a matter of exploring new techniques. As an offensive lineman, you know, you're not always going to you know, kick step on pass protection. Sometimes you jump a guy. Uh, you do different things with your hands. As a receiver, in terms of bump and run coverage, how do you get off the line of scrimmage? The veteran guys will try new techniques, find out what works, um, and continue to develop those skills and find out what doesn't work and get rid of those. Um, so it's right now they're, they're – in two different levels, but they've got to get to the young guys up to where the veteran guys are and the veteran guys continuing to master their craft and showing the young guys, hey, this is how it's done. This is how we practice. This is what it means to be a champion to go out there and perform on Saturdays. Number three, John, the offensive player you're most excited about for 2019 is? Uh, you know, I've been, I've been, thinking about this for days what offensive player am I most excited to watch and and I it's so hard when you have all of the talent that they have at these skill positions so I actually picked a position and it is the running back position Christian Turner True Wilson uh, Zach Charbonnet the young guy you know you've got some size in the backfield you've got reliability and some veteran guys you've got speed you've got a you know, a, a different way to attack defenses with different components in the backfield. And uh, it, it's interesting that, that I would pick this position. I actually picked it before I talked to Josh Gaddis, and he actually named a couple of other guys, and that's Hassan Haskins and Ven Van Sumeren. When you have five guys in the backfield that you are comfortable with handing the ball off to, trusting in pass protection, trusting to go out there, run the right routes, catch the ball in, 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 you know, in the pass game, you have an unbelievable weapon in that one position. So I'm very excited to see 
first of all, who's going to be the starter? Uh, Coach Harbaugh talked at, at media days, Big Ten media days in Chicago, that True Wilson was going into camp as the starter. But I don't think there's going to be one guy that we look at, especially early in the season, and say, that's the bell cow. That's going to develop over the first two or three weeks. And it better develop in the first two weeks because that Big Ten opener is in Madison, Wisconsin, and I can't wait to play the Badgers. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's... You gotta, <laughs> I worked my way into that one, didn't I? <laughs> it it kind of came out of nowhere, too. You were like, gear three, gear three, we're, we're thrusting all the way to five. Good for you. Madison, Wisconsin, I know you're excited. You didn't look ahead like this when you were a player, did you? No, you can't look, but I, I have that opportunity now. I'm looking ahead to Madison, Wisconsin. I'm looking forward to those Spartans coming to the big house, those fighting Irish. The, they they want to talk about the Golden Dome. Hey, you got to come to the big house, and I'm also excited about the game. The game at the end of the season where the Buckeyes come to Ann Arbor, and this is this is the year where Michigan takes that leap. We have all the talent. Now it's a matter of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, and that's what they're doing right now, and that's what excites me about Michigan football in August. That moment after you said the game. The game! The game at the end of the season where the Buckeyes come to Ann Arbor you gritted your teeth. I think we need uh, to get you a mouth guard when we do this podcast. It might affect hey, the inflection in your voice, but it might be safe. We need to keep you durable for the whole year. And and just to let our listeners know, I, I now have an office in Schembechler Hall. I overlook the indoor facility, and I have my pads. I've got a jersey on them. I've got my Michigan helmet, and I still have my mouth guard from 1998. So just in case there's there, something happens and coach says, hey, bring in the reliever, I'm ready to go. Yeah, and that's why we didn't have a podcast for a few weeks john had his producer me go through all the ncaa rule books to see if he could find one more year of eligibility all right number four defensive player most excited about for 2019 uh this guy is you know there's two guys um and one of them is carlo kemp this is a guy that played linebacker played defensive end, played both defensive ends now he's uh a nose tackle he is primed and ready for a great senior year. Um, he's put in uh, so much work in the offseason in terms of getting his body ready, um, and he knows this is his last chance. This is the last chance to to play against the teams I just talked about, uh, to play in the big house, and he has taken every opportunity to put himself in great position to be successful. The other guy is Quiddy Pay. Um, this is a guy that, that – and I asked Don Brown about this, and, and I'll let him talk more about it, but – he talked about him as the Swiss Army knife of, you know, he's he's put on 17 pounds from last year to this year. He's a guy that that is very familiar with linebacker play, defensive end play. He can play both positions, and when you have guys like Quiddy Pay, um, like, like Jordan Glasgow, uh, you know, Kalik Hudson that can play multiple positions and be very effective at them, now all of a sudden when an offense lines up, they don't know is 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 Kalik Hudson a, a a linebacker or is he a defensive end? Is Quiddy Pay the same thing? Is he a defensive end or is he a linebacker? Is he going to be covering a back in coverage? Um, and he has that that ability. Calls him the Swiss Army knife of the defense. I am so excited to watch Quiddy Pay be unleashed on imposing offenses. I cannot I cannot wait till Middle Tennessee. Mm. Number five, John, in today's seven from 77, the quarterback position. I know you'll get into this with Josh Gaddis, uh, who has said that Shea Patterson has been lights out early on in camp. That's a quote from him, lights out. At the same token, we're hearing from head coach Jim Harbaugh earlier during the media day portion of this offseason. Hey, you, you might see Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey 
in in the same game, maybe every game. That speaks to how well both those young men have performed so far. Now, that two-quarterback theory seems to be popular in August, highly talked about in August, and then it fizzles once we get to the real games. But uh, let's discuss it. Is that feasible in your eyes, and what would something like that look like if it were a Shea Dillon duo at quarterback? Well, I, I think you're going to see a majority of Shea Patterson. Um, he is a guy that is has prepared extremely well for this football season. He fits extremely well into this offense. But you cannot discount the fact that Dylan McCaffrey brings a different element in terms of the speed that we we saw it last year at times before he got injured. Um, when you have that speed at quarterback, you've got to find a way to get it on the field and utilize that in different packages and different situations. Uh, and just to keep that defense off off balance, you know, when it doesn't even have to be a certain situation. Hey, Dylan, go in there. Now all of a sudden, when you look down the road at defenses that are preparing for Michigan, they have to prepare for both guys. And, and I asked Josh Gaddis this question, and one of the things he said was um, you have to go into a season with two, three, four guys at that position because you don't know what injuries are going uh, are gonna to happen. You'd be foolish not to prepare Dylan McCaffrey like he is the starting quarterback. Same with Shea Patterson. In his position as the starter, those guys are pushing him to get better so that he can hold on to his position and keep that playing time. So the competition in that room is tremendous um, and the ability to you know, attack defenses. And even Joe Milton, um, you know, he, he brings in another skill set that is extremely special and extremely unique. So don't be surprised to see not just two, but even three guys. Number six, we all know how the feelings are in Ann Arbor right now. There's a lot of expectations for this program. When you were in Chicago, and as you've done hits not just around the Ann Arbor area, but you know nationally, are those expectations mirrored by those who aren't as immersed in Michigan football, in Big Ten football? Because it, it feels like there's a lot of support, a lot of belief that, that what we're hearing here in Ann Arbor is what people believe outside. Uh, it is. Um, and there's a lot of cautious optimism because of – a lot of, you know, in, in the previous years, and Jim Harbaugh has had three 10-win seasons. Going into those seasons, there was a lot of people that said, this is the year for Michigan. This is the year for Michigan. Well, you know, a lot of people are saying, this is the year for Michigan, but we've got to wait and see. And I'm in that same camp. I, I have a lot of cautious optimism because with the talent that you have at receiver, with Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Tariq Black is healthy, uh, Mike Sandra is still. Uh, you could go down the list. you got five or six guys that you could throw the ball to. Tight end-wise, you know, in Nick Eubanks, Sean McCune, uh, some of the, the – the, the Eric All, the, some of the young guys, Schoonemacher, you have a lot of weapons. And the backs, we've already talked about the running backs. You've got weapons. So, And then you throw Josh Gaddis in there with this hurry-up offense. There's a lot of people that are saying, we're really intrigued about putting this offense with this talent package. Now we've got to go out, and what do we see against Middle Tennessee? What do we see against Army? What do we see against Wisconsin? As the season goes on, as just like last year with Shea Patterson, when the season continued to go on and, and the coaches built trust in them, fans, uh, pundits, talking heads will all continue to build trust in what Michigan can do and has the ability to do, and it all comes down to the big games. I already mentioned them. Michigan State at home, Notre Dame at home, 
Ohio State at home. Those are the games that, yes, you've got to win all of them along the way, but until you see Michigan play in Madison and you see what they have, until you see them play against top talent, there's always going to be this, we, we anticipate Michigan is this, but we've got to see it. And I'll say this too, obviously a lot swirling around Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State, those home games, but you got to go to Wisconsin, mm. you got to go to Penn State, uh, not Iowa to overlook, not yeah, exactly, not to overlook Middle Tennessee, but Army's really good, and that is mm. such a hard scheme to prepare for uh, in week two to do that. That's not easy at all. So uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, optimism, but but you got to prove it, and the schedule is not easy, even though those rivalry games late in the season are at home. So John, number seven, we all mm. have 23 more days. Give mm. fans an idea. H- how do we pass this time? Uh, well, first of all, listen to In the Trenches. Good call. Um, it'll subscribe, f- subscribe, comment, yes. like, yes. Uh, rate us, uh, you know, five stars. That would be great. That's the first step. Second step is, you know what? Read some of these magazines. Re- read the Phil Steele uh, magazine and, and look around the Big Ten. Yes, there is, there's, there's so much excitement around the teams in the Big Ten. Is this the year that, that Michigan, that Ohio State, that somebody from the Big Ten gets in the college football playoffs? You know, there's so much out, there's so much information out there. Go gather it. Um, the Big Ten West is is unbelievable right now in terms of Scott Frost and what he's. Uh, yes, I did say Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Yeah. At Nebraska and what he's doing there with Adrian Martinez, Hunter Johnson, the the, the new quarterback at Northwestern, transfer from Clemson. A lot of excitement there. Purdue. What do we expect from from? You know, Jeff Brom and, and what he is doing in West Lafayette. Um, you know, who's going to be coming out of the West? Wisconsin, one of the teams that we play uh, from the West. Is, is this the year that, that Jonathan Taylor continues to break out? Is possibly a Heisman hopeful? Paul Chris gets, uh, you know, Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, to, to operate at a high level. Uh, There's so much information out there. Go and look, especially at the opponents that Michigan plays. Go take a look if you can and YouTube it or Google it, whatever you got to do at, at, at an Army film. And if you can find the film on YouTube, it's out there of Army playing Oklahoma last year. It will, it will keep you up at nights. It has kept yeah. Don Brown up at nights. It keeps me up at nights. But I have total faith in Don Brown and the discipline that he is instilling in this defense to play against Army. Take a look at all those other um, you know, teams and how they play, and then come back and look at games last year where, where Michigan played against Wisconsin, played against Penn State. Uh, there is a lot that we can build on and learn from those games, and, and I'll say this, and, and, it, and it hurts me because I watch it almost on a weekly basis. Watch that Ohio State game because it will motivate you into 2019 as to what is motivating this football team. It's all about getting better. And that's why during the offseason, John, I looked, you know, we didn't have great transitions from the end of seven from 77 into the interview. So here's how we're going to improve. On the pregame show last year, we did some little known facts. Uh, I'm going to transition with uh, as many little known bacon facts as I can provide (laughs) to get us there. Uh, This is per mentalfloss.com, John. 12th century England churches would give a married man a side of bacon if he swore before God that he didn't argue with his wife for a year and a day. So 366, unless you're on a leap year. I didn't know if they had that in 12th century England. So that's where the phrase bringing home the bacon came from, is those who brought home bacon were great family men and married men. John, would you have ever been able to swear before God? Forget, forget, not even your wife, if you didn't argue with anybody for a year and a day. 
Um, I'm a very likable guy in everybody gets very along humble with of me. you. Yes. And, and so, you know, when I meet somebody, it's, it's, I'm very considerate and, and I try and, you know, see things from their point of view. And, and those that know me right now are, are probably pulling over and either laughing or, or choking on their coffee because they know that is absolutely not the way I operate. I will tell you my opinion. I will stand by my opinion. And if you are, you know, one of my kids, if you are my wife, if you are a football coach, I will debate, I will argue, and I will hold true to what I know to be right and just it doesn't always mean I bring home the bacon. Yeah. Although I love bacon. Yeah, John Jansen in 12th century England would have been a skinny dude. You'd have been, <laughs> you'd, you'd been, you'd been a hungry <laughs> man. <laughs> yes. You'd, yeah, you'd have had the broccoli? build of a kicker. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that was mean. That was just mean. Well, let's get to the interviews then, <laughs> yeah, John. I tell you what, or you're I... not going to be able to bring home the bacon. Reset that, <laughs> reset that day to zero. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, we'll start over. This is zero days on In the Trenches. And. Zero Day brings two great interviews, two great coaches. Josh Gaddis is going to start us off as the offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator at Michigan, and then Don Brown will bring it home. Coach Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator for Michigan football, uh, has joined us on In the Trenches. Coach, your first training camp here in Ann Arbor. Just give us a little rundown of, of how it's gone so far a weekend. You know, I've really been pleased. Um, it's been a great training camp so far to see the guys uh, kind of pick up where we left off in the spring, you know, um, being able to retain a lot of the information the coaches installed with them over the spring um, and then just going out there and really executing at a high level. You know, I think when you look at it, you know, all around, you look at the you know, all of our units, uh, the buy-in level is extremely high. And so uh, camp has been off to an amazing start. Um, I really like where we're at and hope that we keep pushing forward. Where are you at in terms of the install? This is a new offense, not obviously not for you, but for everybody else that's here. Where's the install at? Uh, we've just got through with uh, with day five of install, um, and, and and it's been a lot. You know, every day is a different emphasis on a certain uh, phase that we install, and so uh, I don't believe in holding back at the end. Uh, you know, we kind of throw it all out there from the start, and our, our kids have done a really good job. You know, like I said, uh, obviously it's a huge learning curve for the freshmen uh, coming in, but our upperclassmen that were here this spring um, they've been lights out with it you know just you know the, the muscle memory and the plays and then credit to those guys all the work they did this summer you know the seven on sevens the the offensive line individual work um, you know put themselves in position that when we started back up this camp uh, that they were able to uh, have success and, and play at a high level is that where you you really see some of the senior leadership or at least leadership from the upperclassmen as to where they came and what you saw on the first day of practice and what they were able to accomplish in the in that in that time where you guys can't really have too many hands-on you know experiences with them yeah it's phenomenal you know our, our leadership is really really phenomenal you know you look at the summer workouts uh, and our strength coaches do an amazing job in the summer uh, working with these guys and coach Herbert's playing and getting them stronger getting them faster getting them bigger um, is is unbelievable but uh, you know after they're done in the weight room they go outside you know and each group kind of has their own position coaches you know and it really um, talks to the maturity of your unit you know when you look out there 
you know, and it's Ben Bredesen out there uh, running drills. It's Nate Shanley running drills as a coach, you know, for the receivers. And um, and so when you have that kind of leadership among your players, uh, you know, that leads to something special. Um, and they hold each other at high standards and the accountability level is really high. Um, and we're really pleased to have the, that amount of, of leadership that we have on offense. You could argue that you have some of the best weapons in all of college football with the depth at receiver, um, a returning offensive line, the depth at tight end, and some talent at running back. Let's talk about some of those positions real quick. When you look at guys like Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black, who we're excited to see this year, uh, but you keep going down the list of receivers, it's a deep list. Yes, it is. You know, And guys um, are, are off to having a great start to camp you know obviously uh, with having Nico and Tariq uh, or Nico and Donovan out in the spring um, it's just been you know it's been really exciting to kind of get those guys back in the mix of things obviously you know they missed spring so they got a good portion to continue to learn um, but they paid attention they were students of the game uh, it wasn't totally brand new to them so they knew what to do how to execute what we're asked now we just got to fine tune the details uh, but then also now seeing the guys that returned from the spring the guys like Tariq Black who's off to a great camp and then Ronnie Bell who's playing for phenomenal right now you know still um, you know he's a guy that you know was brand new to the receiver position former basketball player he's just been growing at every opportunity he can get and then obviously having a guy like Mikey Mikey Sanford still who was here this uh, this this uh, spring as a true freshman continue to have success and wow people and so um, we've got some really good depth there uh, and then as a young guy uh, a guy I'll give her uh, you know a huge shout out to is is CJ Cornelius Johnson uh, you know it's off to having a great camp as a freshman reminds me a lot like Mikey, very mature, very fluid, has great ball skills, great body control. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to make a lot of plays for Michigan in the future. Do you see when guys report? I know that sometimes we have early enrollees like Mike Sanders still was, so he was in your, you know, with you guys and, and in the offense. But because of uh, all of the seven on seven camps, all of the the, the all star camps, that guys are coming in now a little more prepared and ready to play than they were, say, five, ten years ago. Yeah, you know, I think I think it takes the right kind of kid, and I think fortunate for us, we get the right kind of kids here—the mature kids, um, the kids that want to be great in football and want to be great in school. Because the other challenge, obviously, John, as you know, is being a mid-year is the challenge of coming into Michigan in mid-year. <laughs> I mean, you go from taking high school, you know, Classes. algebra two to boom—you know—you're in the full course of things, and so it takes the right kind of kid uh, to be able to handle um, the demand academically and athletically. And, and Mikey's one of those guys. Eric Alls, one of those guys you know Kate McNamara is one of those guys and so uh, you know we're very pleased to recruit you know some of the best and brightest student athletes from all over the country comparisons I don't think are fair um, so I won't make you compare the talent that we have here to some of the other places you've been but when you look at the depth at receiver the depth at tight end the depth at the skilled positions it's got to be exciting for you. It's really exciting. You know, I think we're, I think we're, you know, uh, we're deep at, at receiver as far as six guys, you know, CJ stepping up, being, you know, creating a role for himself. Um, but I also look at the depth of tight end. You know, I think we've got two of the best tight ends in the country. Sean McCune and Nick Eubanks have been phenomenal this, this start of this camp. You know, just both of them um, really playing at a high level. Sean played at a high level in the spring. Nick kind of challenged Nick, you know, in the spring. Hey, look, we got 
to make sure we fine-tune a little details and technique and to see where Nick left off in the spring to where he is now. He's playing at a big-time level. Um, both of those guys are true NFL talents uh, and will be great uh, great players that play football for a very long time as we move forward. But then Eric All, you know, is another guy that's, that's stepped up. You know, he's showing his flashes as a true freshman. I mean, then you got guys like Mustafa Muhammad, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, a number of different guys and, and Luke Schoonemaker. And so uh, we've got tremendous depth at tight end. Then when you look at running back, you know, yeah. missing three guys in the spring makes your t- <laughs> roster look completely different now. Yeah. You know, just having those three guys back. And uh, it's been exciting at running back. You know, um, you know, True Wilson has been a guy. Obviously, he's a veteran. He's a presence out there. Um, so very mature. He, he comes to work every day. Um, he's having a great camp. Uh, but then now you're able to see Christian Turner get out there and see the explosive ability um, that he brings, as well as Zach Charbonnet, who's been impressive as a freshman with his vision and balanced body control. Uh, but then two guys that I think kind of go you know, quietly unknown at the running back position is Ben Van Summeren and Hassan Haskins. Those two guys are playing really, really well for us. And so, you know, when I look at it at our running back position, we're five deep with guys that we really feel like can go out and get the job done. I have no worries at all at that position. And you got so many different body types and styles back there. How much does that allow you to change what you do through the course of a game or just going into a game knowing that you've got you've got a guy with size? Um, you've got a guy that's you know uh, reliable and a great pass protector, and, and you've got speed, you've got power. It, it 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 has to increase the ability to go out there and call plays. Yes, it does, and, and from multiple different personnel's, and that's the exciting thing. Um, you know, we can line up in, in a lot of different personnel's, and we can feature you know our two back system, um, and all those guys can do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. um, and that's the exciting thing. Obviously, there's certain areas that you know maybe one or two guys may excel in, but schematically and what we do uh, when our offensive run game, they all fit the system very well. And so um, you've got guys that have great size, you got some speed guys, you got a guy like Ben Van Summer who he's got the size and the speed. You know, and so that's the exciting thing um, when you look at that running back position. When you've got five backs, yeah. you feel pretty darn good about your about your team. When you think about the quarterback position, and we heard this from Coach um, Harbaugh at Big Ten Media Days that we might see both Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey. Um, when you have guys that are competing for that spot, competing for time, how much is has it pushed both of those guys as well as everybody else in the room to improve? And and be better come fall camp. You know it. Uh, it, it you know just that room alone, the depth that we have at quarterbacks, exciting too. You know I was kind of worried a little bit coming into this camp because uh, Shea spent a lot of time on the golf course this summer, and so he was kind of <laughs> enjoying his summer and, and and hanging out playing golf. But uh, he is oh man, he is playing lights out right now. Um, Shea Patterson is doing everything we ask of him and more. Um, His ball placement, his reads, his footwork, um, he's playing at a very big-time level. Um, And and to see a guy go out there and lead by example um, sets the tone for everybody on offense and everybody on our team. But then Dylan's playing really well as well. You know, you look at Dylan and Joe, you know, both of those guys have tremendous talent. Obviously, they're blessed with uh, really good size and speed from a combination standpoint. Um, and, you know, both of those guys are, are pushing each other and they're, they're trying to push Shea. You know, I think, um, you know, when you look at it, obviously where Shea is right now, um, you know, he's kind of 
set the bar high for everybody mm-hmm. to come after him. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to find, you know, creative ways and to use all our personnel. And when we talk about that, we just don't talk about, you know, receivers or running backs or tight ends. We talk about using all of our personnel as well at the quarterback. And so uh, not to get too much into far as yeah. packages and game plan, um, but we will always put our best playmakers out there in position to be successful somehow, some way. Um, that's not always saying that that's going to be, you know, something that people will see every every game, every play. Um, but there's come times when, you know, we've got a lot of talent in that room. We will use it. How do you manage talking to the guys about, hey, Shay, you're, gonna, you're in here for the, this package, and Dylan, you're in for this package. Um, you know, everybody wants to be on the field. Everybody wants to be the guy that's making plays. How do you manage that um, just in terms of, of being a coach of those guys? Yeah, you know, it's nothing new for me. Um, you know, last few uh, places that I've been at, we've, you know, used two quarterbacks yeah. throughout the season. Um, I think in college football, you have to prepare your two and three as if they're a starter each and every day. Um, just the fact that you knock on wood, you never hope for injuries. But if you're not preparing your number two or your number three guy, um, it's going to be a culture shock if, if something happens, if your one goes down. Because those other two guys that you have got to have the trust and the comfort level of the team. And when you look in the situation that we have with Dylan and Joe, you know, they have the trust and the comfort level from the other players on the offense. And so, um, you know, it's nothing that we address individually every day. Hey, you're going to take these reps or this reps. We obviously make sure we split up the reps for all our quarterbacks to try to get it evenly throughout practice. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Shea's our guy right now. You know, he's playing at an extreme high level. Um, and, and those two guys, Dylan and Joe, are playing at a really good level and, and pushing. You've got a battle going on at right tackle right now. Coach has talked about it. Uh, Coach Warner has talked about it in terms of, is it Jalen Mayfield, Andrew Stuber? Where Where is that battle at right now? That battle's in a really good place. You know, I think both of those guys are, are chewing at the uh, chewing at the bits right there at it. Um, you know, I don't think – I think it's too early so far through five days to label one guy being the starter. Um, obviously, you know um, – Every position is – we want to create um, a competitive nature here that every job is on the line and, and everyone's battling for every position. In. Obviously, it's – you know, with four returning starters coming up front, that's one that's clearing. And so um, we really feel great about where we are in the right tackle position. Um, you know, if you got a battle going on at right tackle – that, that's a, that's a really good uh, that's a really good position to be in up front because we really feel like we have six to seven or even more guys that can really play for us and start for us. But you know, both Stuber and, and Jalen, um, they both had really good camp so far. Um, you know, they both have size and strength to get that job done. It's not about a fear or a worry. We don't have a guy that can get the job done. We we have two guys that can really do the job. And so um, that's another thing that you could see throughout the year where, you know, just because maybe one guy may win the job down the road, both of those guys are going to play for us. Especially for the big guys up front, the up-tempo pace is going to be a change for them. What have you told those guys of, of how to prepare for a game, how to prepare for the season, knowing that – you're not going to be back in the huddle catching your breath. You got to be ready to go. You know, I think they like it. You know, I think they love, you know, uh, the installation and everything. And in fact, this spring, 
uh, as we were incorporating and installing everything, they were actually going faster than I wanted them to go, you know. And so uh, the reality is we pick and choose our tempos uh, to which we want to play at. Obviously, um, we have some tempos where we can go extremely fast, um, but we pick and choose what we want to do. But uh, you look at the athleticism of those guys up front, they've all bought in, you know. And so, um, you know, the operations of how they get the plays and not being in the huddle is, is different, uh, but the game of football stays the same. Um, we're going to be, you know, a physical front up front that's going to really get after people. And that's where it starts for us. It starts in our run game, you know, developing an identity and our style of play. And that's something we preach all the time. And the guys that tell you is the style of play. Style of play is not only on the perimeter, but in, in the interior where we're going to start first. And so, uh, you know, I really love, you know, what these guys have done with their conditioning, just understanding what we want to do, who we want to be from an offensive standpoint. And we've been able to accomplish that. Uh, last one before I let you go. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement about what you bring to the Michigan football program. How do you manage that personally? And how do you manage the expectations that your players see for themselves? You know, for me, I don't worry about the, um, the excitement or the uh, expectations for myself. Um, it's about the players. You know, it's about these kids. We got really good players, let me say you that. Yeah. We got really good coaches. You know, when I'm able to come to work and, you know, work with Ben McDaniels, Jay Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, um, Ed Warner, um, you know, when you look around that room, even guys that we've been able to fortunate enough to hire as analysts and um, Steve Casula, Juan Castile, who's a veteran NFL yeah. offensive line coach, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Blaney. You know, we got guys like that who've been around a number of different places um, that contribute, you know, on our offensive staff, our GAs. Um, you know, we got a special offensive staff. And so for me, it's not about me. It's about the team, it's about the players, it's about the coaches that are in that room. Everybody's committed to being the best offense we can be. Now, we set the goals and standards for our offense that we're going to be a dominant offense. That's the mentality we want to be. We want to be an aggressive offense. We want to we want to be explosive. And so our kids have bought into that. Um, we talk about margin of error and style of play every day. And, and the standard in which we're going to hold ourselves to uh, is going to be very high in practice. And that's part of our process to get to where we want to get to. And so, uh, um, you know, I think the kids have bought in on the expectations. They're excited. Uh, we hold ourselves to a standard. So I don't think any pressure from outside is too much for us because the pressure we put on ourselves inside uh, is to the standard that we want to be. Well, Josh Gaddis, offensive coordinator, appreciate your time. Thanks, John. Defensive coordinator Don Brown has stopped by in the trenches. Um, coach, five days in the camp. What's your feeling so far about the, the cards you've been dealt? Well, um, the guys that I, I kind of had an idea how they'd perform, you know, in the uh, early part of camp have done that. Uh, I think our first unit uh, from a, you know, concept standpoint, really understand what we're trying to get done. And... Uh, you know, certainly uh, those guys, that, that translates to playing at a high level. Um, we've got some good young players. I'm starting to try to figure some of those guys out and, and really looking for the surprises and growth from uh, guys that are freshmen going to be sophomores because that's, that's the year you make your, your, big, your biggest jump is, you know, when you come in here as a rookie and then you're going at it second time around, you can see guys starting to, 
you know, at least uh, fit their profile of what you anticipate you're going to get the rest of the way. Any of those surprises jump out at you so far? Uh, let's see. Um, you know, f- the young guys? Yeah. Um, Daxton Hill. Uh, you know, we kind of knew what we were going to get, but, you know, what you see in high school and what you see on paper, sometimes you're, you're not, you, don't, you don't know. Um, but he's kind of just kind of fortified who he is. Um, this uh, DJ Turner is a good player, and Anthony Solomon. We had them in; they were in a coverage drill yesterday, and I saw those three guys, and the ball got snapped, and you're going, "Yeah, those three guys are going to be uh, future of Michigan football someday." Uh, Daxton Hill. You, you, when you mention him, is he a guy that you can use in, in multiple different positions on the field? Well, you know, when we get him settled, yes, that'll be, you know, he'll be one of those kinds of guys that can do several things. He can he can play over the slot, he can play the nickel, he can fit the fit the run game as a safety. Um, you know, he can play, you know, trap coverages and do all the things that we ask our guys to do and run to the football. And uh, you know, obviously we tell those guys all the time, you don't run to the football, you don't play here. That's just uh the, the way the legacy goes, Michigan defenders run. And, he, you know, he can certainly do those things as well. On our, just before we came on, we were talking about the speed, and you mentioned that this is probably the fastest defense. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, the team speed is, is much faster than it was last year. And last year we had talked about the, the speed of the defense. Where are you seeing the increased speed come from? Well, uh, I think our interior defensive line, you know, uh, you know, Jeter's run, Donovan Jeter's had a really good first five days. And, you know, Ben Mason, we've moved from running back to defensive tackle. He's 273 pounds. So running is no, no uh, you know, major task for him. So those two guys are certainly providing us with spark. Uh, not that the guy low did a great job for us last year, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, He's, he's had a great career and moved on, so new guys have to take that position, and I think those guys are running good, to, really well to the ball. We mentioned, uh, you know, Carlo Kemp was a big guy I talked about today. I think he might be the, one of the most improved defenders I've ever been around. Um, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, he's, uh, and he's playing that way. There's a snap that occurs in practice. It's a perimeter run. He gets, uh, he ends up slipping and falling on the ground, getting right back up, going parallel down the line of scrimmage and tapping off on the quarterback. So, you know, uh, you're kind of excited when you see those kinds of things. And trust me, uh, his improvement has been marked. When you see a guy like Carlo, who came in as a linebacker, moved to end, now he's playing at defensive tackle, do you think that his. His understanding of the defense is greater from having played those all three of those positions? Well, uh, you know, that, that's a great story because Carlo and I were talking about it. He goes, Coach, I can't believe I lined up at Mike Linebacker when I got here. <laughs> he goes, I knew that was over after about two days with you. So, uh, no, he's, he's in the right place. But, yes, I, I think that's – it's a great uh, feeling – when you kind of know if I do this job, the linebacker behind me is going to do that job. If uh, if the defensive end, you know, sets the edge and I'm playing inside out, he knows exactly how the defensive end is going to set the, set the edge because he's gone the complete migration of man. 
He started at Mike Backer. He moved to the tight end side defensive end from the open side defensive end to the tight end side defensive end to the three technique. Now he's the nose. So he's made the complete migration of man. The next place, the offensive line, so I know he's excited <laughs> that he's found a home. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, no, don't be knocking no, the no, offensive no, no, line no, no, too no. much now. No, no I'm just uh. – yeah, when when you talk about some of your guys and and you know we've heard you say he's good at football um, and one of the guys you've described this offseason, Quiddy Pay as as the Swiss Army knife yep. of of your defense, can you describe that a little bit for us? Uh, can play all four positions on the defensive line. Um, we'll have we have a couple things where we ask him to drop in the coverage, and uh, you know he drops like a linebacker. Uh, the biggest difference is when Quiddy got here, he was in the low 230s. He's now 278, and uh, and he still has the same skill set that he had when he got here. So we're anticipating big things from, from Quiddy Pay for sure. And, uh, you know, just a tremendous young man with a great heart, and, and a, his teammates love him. A lot of questions after Devin Bush played that middle linebacker position last year. Um, this year – where do you go and, and how do you replace – and maybe you don't do it with one guy, but how do you replace a player like Devin Bush? Well, that's that's a great point. You know, maybe you don't do it one guy, right? So uh, right now we're, we've got three guys that can play there. We've got um, Josh Ross who, you know, missed a, a – really, and I was so frustrated for him because he missed a ton of the spring. But his first five practices show he's put the work in mentally, watching film – uh, physically in the uh, in the weight room, and he's had five really good days. Uh, Jordan Anthony continues to improve, is in the varsity mix, and I'm sure I know he feels good about that. And Cam McGrone, uh, we're asking him to to utilize his skills and play both sides, Mike and Will. So there's and and he can flat out run, probably uh, uh, as close speed wise to Devin Bush as uh, anybody on our defense in the linebacker patrol. I mean, he's a 4-5 guy for sure and, uh, you know, can really play at a high level. So we feel like we've got three guys there that are varsity ready to go in and make a contribution to Michigan defense. And at the will position, uh, I mentioned McGrone's playing both, Mm -hmm. uh, Devin Gill, and, uh, you know, in Glasgow we've moved from – Viper to Will, but he's also, you know, involved in other places in our defense. So we're excited about uh, that group of guys, that group of men, and know we'll get a, you know, great, great effort and uh, really elite level play at linebacker. Well, and when you talk about linebacker, you've got to also talk about that Viper position with Khalid yep. Hudson. Um, I've heard him talk that he was frustrated with some of, of how he played last year. Um, what have How have you seen him grow, and what are your expectations for him in that position this year? Well, you know, he had a tough early going last year. Um, you know, he in the beginning of the year, they were calling that target pen, uh, targeting penalty mm-hmm. really close. And, uh, you know, was, was um, you know, asked to leave two games last year. And I know that affects affected his aggressiveness as a football player. Now you're worried about, you know, I can't hit this guy this way and I can't do this. Thinking too much. Yeah, and it really puts a burden on you. 
and it took him a while to get up to speed where he was playing at a high level. Um, we know the type of year he can have. I mean, obviously, he's the national record holder for TFLs in a game. Obviously, his uh, his second year in 2017 was exceptional when we needed him to be because of the, you know, when Greg Jabril uh, left us for the NFL. So, you know, uh, he's he's having a really, he's had a tremendous spring and he's, you know, he's stacking uh, five good practices together at, at Viper this fall so far. Josh Uche led the team in sacks last year and is, uh, maybe you can just clarify for this for me, is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? How do, how do you classify him in, in your defense? Well, you know, he's one of those guys that he can play a lot of places. You know, now with that becomes a tremendous burden because you've got to learn how to function at all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's his strength. You know, that's what makes him tick. Uh, he's an excellent edge pass rusher. He's a great internal blitzer. Um, he can he can play the Sam linebacker position for us, and obviously with the graduation of Furbush, you know, that's his deal. Um, but he's also, you know, he can play in the four-down structure as a defensive lineman. Uh, and then when we get into our package stuff uh, on third down, you know, he, he's an important cog that makes that thing turn. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says, the most important down in football is third down, and we've got to be great on third down. How much does the way the season ended last year, how much does it burn you just in terms of, of wanting to get those victories, and how much does it motivate you going into this year? Well, you know, it's funny, and I'll share this with you. You know, I had a conversation with the defense, and uh, it's not the end. It's, it was the beginning, the first 19 minutes of the season and the last 19 minutes of the season. Uh, we didn't play our best football in the Notre Dame game, in the first quarter going into the early parts of the second quarter and we didn't finish the way we wanted to at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter if you remove those two pieces and you look at you know the 10 and a half 11 games whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it uh you know that's a pretty good product right there in some cases you could make an argument historic but it's there it's part of our deal um, it's something we got to squeeze out, and it's whether we, uh, you know, we're more settled in the beginning of the uh, of the campaign when we start the season, or or just finishing the end of the season the way we wanted to. Uh, you know, we've got to make the necessary preparations mentally, physically, and emotionally to deal with those scenarios. And uh, you know, we talked about that as a defense. Um, it fuels us, uh, but we've let it go. We have to let it go, and we have to move forward and uh, you know play the kind of football we need to play. Um, before I let you go, uh, obviously a new style, a new tempo of offense um, mm-hmm. for Michigan. Everything is interconnected. How does that up-tempo or that style of, of offense maybe change how you prepare for games or your game plan? Well, you know, the biggest change is, is try to get as many. And, and this is really, um, to be quite honest, uh, you know, something you're searching for on a year-to-year basis. So mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's as much of a, of a change, but what you're trying to do is get as many guys into the core of your defense that you can put in the football game. So you're trying to take as take a look at as many um, players as you possibly can. Now, Coach has done a great job of making our first five days very unique in terms of, I think, guys are now having to stand up in their own two feet because their they're, they're opportunity is there. He's, he's given the players a chance to, you know, there's one unit on this field, there's another unit on that field. So there's two units going. Well, guess what? There's not a guy that's, oh, he's the best player and I'm subbing in and getting some work. You're up, baby. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, that's a challenge for guys. And and, uh, and obviously that gives them a chance to really show their skills or show the things they need to get better at. Well, Coach, I I appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing the defense this year. We're going to be good, but I guarantee it. During training camp, it is not always easy to find time to talk to the media, to talk to me, and a great thanks to Dave Abloff for uh, providing the time to talk to Josh Gaddis, uh, to talk to Coach Brown. Uh, Thanks to both of those guys for their time during training camp. Uh, I'm excited as ever about this 2019 season coming up on In the Trenches. We've got Phil Steele. We will release that on Monday. We also will have players uh, that we will interview and have that on next Thursday. After that, we will have our weekly release all the way through the football season, all the way through bowl season, all the way through the national championship season because that's where Michigan is headed. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you rate the In the Trenches podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening. We will be back on Monday with Phil Steele on In the Trenches. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of In the Trenches with John Jansen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.